Well, look who we've got back in the house. It's Mark Shaman, ladies and gentlemen. America's... Well, I, I... Yeah. No, we'll say he's American. America's favorite rom-com composer. We're here to talk about a movie called Bros. Mark Shaman and Bros? You wouldn't think it would go together at first glance, just based on the title. But what we got here is a movie filled with heart. It'll make you laugh around every corner. The majority of its cast is gay. It's great. And I I don't think this is the greatest rom-com of all time. It's a little meta to necessarily take that title, but it's super original in some respects, and then super referency where it counts for a modern day film because it's it's hard to do a modern film without doing like a reference like over in the big sick they went to the batting cages i mean obviously that points to when harry met sally not that you can't go to batting cages in your movie but i mean it's it's gonna kind of be like yeah, yeah it's a nod and this movie's full of winks and nods and butts and just billy eichner getting mad at you We've got newcomer Luke McFarlane, I mean, who's who's fresh off of his Hallmark days, just jumping into this movie and making a splash. It's a bunch of fun. Get out to theaters if you can and go see it. If not, I'm sure it'll be on home video soon. Oh, also, this was directed by Nick Stoller. Yo, Nick Stoller, I love your work. What's up, bro? What's up, bro? What's up? What's up? Nice pecs. Sup? Yeah, you you work out? Oh, no. <laughs> I lift babies for a living. Well, your baby's heavy. <laughs> Compared to my baby, your baby's heavy. I lifted your baby today. I'm like, man. I know. You pick her up and you're so like, I could good. just throw this baby. Hey, welcome to A Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Coms. Hi. I'm, I'm Ryan Graves. I'm Kelly Song. And this week we're covering... Bro! Bros! Bro! Bro! Uh, the first... Major studio film to have all gay characters cast all across the board. That's not true. Major studio rom-com that's all gay? Is the um, straight couple in the movie not straight? I guess so. I mean, just predominantly. Okay. You can say predominantly. Predominantly. Okay. Um, I'd say 95% of this cast. If you say something like an all gay cast, then that, that, that really misrepresents it's pretty close i'd say like i'm looking at this cast list i'm i, I think 90 percent. Oh, no, no, no. i'll give it to you i yeah. just you know heavily predominant mm-hmm. a super majority how a about that a super majority. super majority not the majority a not, super to, majority. not to get political but yeah, a super but it's majority. a super majority uh yeah so it is about um it's about billy eichner who is oh hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on are you going to tell me a story right now is that what we're doing no, I just was kind of getting into it, but uh, we're not going to play a game or anything. Like the people out there, Ryan. No games. No, no games, games today. Serious. Okay, we're just jumping in. Um, well, I did want to play. Did want to play the trailer for you because I think the trailer is going to help us start telling the story and just conceptually get us into what this movie's all about. All right, lay so, it on me. Lay, lay a trap down. Hey guys, it's Bobby Lieber coming to you from the future home of the LGBTQ plus museum. Everyone is really excited and totally getting along. This happens to be Bisexual Awareness Week and no one has acknowledged it. Lesbian History Month was in March. Nobody said a goddamn thing. Of course, lesbians get a month and we get a week. So what's happening? Didn't you guys have an announcement? This is a little unexpected, but we are in a thruple situation. Yeah. You're in a thruple? 
Let me tell you what's progressive now. Being alone. I love my life. I love my freedom. I love my independence. That's kind of sad. That I don't want to be in a throuple. I don't even want to be in a couple. Bobby, I had sex with that 65-year-old. Jesus, he's ripped. I know. It's like they injected steroids into Dumbledore. Oh, my God. That's Aaron. He's very hot. Gay guys are so stupid. I know. But we've been smart enough to brand ourselves as being smart. It's our little secret. You met a guy? I don't think I'm his type. He's like gay Tom Brady. What are you into? One of these ripped idiots with no opinions? No, I'd like someone who's physically very frail and won't stop talking. And I bet he's as intimidated by you as you are by him. I'm down for whatever. Yeah, I can do whenever and I can do whatever. Cool, whatever, whenever. GIF of Michael Scott dancing. Office GIF? This person isn't gay. I need you to be honest with me. You like these rowy meathead idiots. Oh, they're uh, fighting. You like that? Hey. I can be tough oh, like your you boys. Like oh, that's what, what you like, huh? Hey, what's going on? Hey. Oh, that's cool. All right. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Now I have to go to a Pride party and you're both too old to be in the pool. Please leave. People are threatening to boycott the museum. You can't say Lincoln was gay. And if we don't do this, we're letting the heterosexual terrorists win. There are trans terrorists too. Caitlyn Jenner. You are so different from me. You're very intense. I like to keep things chill. I can be chill. Just like a manly man. Sir. What's up? I got you. Yeah. Go need some help What is going on with you? My whole life, I prided myself on being self-reliant, but this guy has gone into my head. Maybe you're both bottoms and that's the problem. Bottom day. Bottom day. Yeah. <laughs> Gay sex was more fun when straight people were uncomfortable with it. Oh my God, do you guys remember straight people? Yeah, they had a nice run. So that's bros. That's bros. Uh, Kelly and I went to the theater to see this together. That was yeah, fun. Yeah, that downtown was fun. Portland at Cinema 21. Wait I love in. when we watch new movies. Um, yeah, that was fun. Why don't we, where should we begin? I mean, I, I kind of want to start from the outside and then get closer into the inside of what this movie's about. And I play the trailer for you because there's also this meta narrative about the film that it bombed when it opened a couple weeks ago. And is not surviving the bomb. It's following the traditional box office. Like every week, it'll weaken by fifty percent, and so it's not really, it's not necessarily holding on. It's just kind of, it's Which kind I, of a dud. It's still, it's in its second week right now. It still has a chance to reclaim a little bit of livelihood and keep going. It's, it's got it's, a, it's a slim, slim chance. chance. Yeah. yeah, it's got a slim chance. Yeah. Um, the last time that a movie like did. Like, good. Well, I can't remember the last time a movie like opened terribly and then still did really good. Um, it was recently. I remember it was like in 2019 before a pandemic where it was just like, oh, this movie has legs. What was that? Where it like the first week it wasn't very good, but then the next week it was like still like it was about even. The last one that did really well for itself was. Dune because it didn't have this giant opening, but it it like opened and people were like, oh, pretty good. And then the second week happened, they're like, oh, it's still doing pretty good. Like that's what they were impressed. Wasn't by. the one I was thinking about, but it was around that time period. Yeah, yeah. But this is just not doing well. And the trailer, I think, is. Do you think the trailer is an accurate representation of the experience of the film? 
Um, I think it captures half the film. Yeah. Like it captures the more bombastic moments of the film and the comedy of the film, but it really uh, detracts a bit from the heart of it. Yeah. And so my question to you and to the audience, it's almost like a quiz here. Who is this movie for as according to the trailer? Um, I don't know. It feels like a, a broad audience appeal kind of trailer. Does it? Yeah. Is this the kind of thing that you can... You know, tell your parents, hey, you guys, you guys should see this. You'd really enjoy it. This is movie is for you. You'd have a good time. I mean, I don't know. Everybody's parents are different. <laughs> this is this for me felt a like a narrow segment that it was going for of mm. people. If these values are important to you and this is something that you care about, you should go see this. And I think that kind of does a disservice to the movie that they made. Is it is it about values? Or are you? Do you not mean values, and you mean like if if you're gay or you're uh, like identify as queer, you're gonna like this movie more? It felt like that from the marketing to me, and it does. The trailer does kind of make it look like homework a little. Of this is important, you should see it. This is part of, um, you know, this is the groundbreaking thing that we're doing. It's we've never done this before. Yeah, I don't know. The trailer didn't seem to to come off super much in that way to me it just it felt like it was trying to be more of a like big budget comedy Mm -hmm. um rather than like really cater a lot yeah i to me yeah well the movie is about billy eichner's bobby yeah let's talk about bobby Mm -hmm. and how we're introduced to him yeah so he's a podcaster yeah uh so super relatable right away we love him automatically Honestly, though, he's not just a podcaster. He's a, well, what is he? He's like, like a celebrity. Are, yeah, he's kind of a celebrity. He's kind of like people are asking him to write movies. Mm-hmm. He's kind of playing a little bit of himself. Yeah. Right? And, he's Bobby, Billy. Right. And there's you know. a bit of a meta-ness to the whole film throughout. Yeah. I mean, a meta-ness insofar as it. Like it starts off with him telling this story, like some he's answering questions on his podcast and somebody asks, weren't you writing a rom-com? And yeah. he's like, oh, you know, I was going to, but the like executives wanted something traditional, but gay. Right. And he's like, but really gay relationships are way different than straight relationships. And... Which he proceeds to show us in this movie. Right. Right. <laughs> and so it's kind of Seinfeldy. Yeah. In that yeah, way exactly. where like he actually goes into the office and then makes the show about what they talk about in the office. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's about nothing. He wanted to write, you know, children's books, but they were wildly unsuccessful because they were downers of books, sure. which, the ma- movie makes really sharp points of like queer history gets really depressing really quickly. <laughs> yeah, it does. But it can also, if you have the right person speaking about it, you can make it palatably educational right. to kids. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I've read a Harvey Milk book that was pretty good. Granted, that's a story that ends kind of in tragedy, but also ends uplifting based on like what it inspired or right. what his life inspired. But like, Billy Eichner or Bobby, his character, is not the person to do that. No, and this movie is fully aware that that character is not the best at communicating. His his thing, and he is he seems to have been fully committed to it in all the things I've seen him in. Whether it's Billy on the Street, was that what the show was called? Where mm-hmm. he's just on the street yelling at people. Yeah. <laughs> um, he had another show on some random TV channel, but then he was also on Parks and Rec. And his his character in that is. I, I don't want to say unlikable, but abrasive. He's furiously positive. Oh, I have, I have a medical condition, all right? It's called caring too much, and it's incurable! 
He's like sandpaper that tastes good. Yeah. Where it's like, ow, oh, but strawberry. <laughs> that's my favorite one. Uh, so yeah, he he's and that's kind of his persona in this movie. He's furiously, not always positive. He's just very furious in this movie, but it's not always. But he's very honest. Right. Yeah. He's very brusque. Which can sometimes be a really great thing if he's like on your side. But if if you're trying to be in a situation that requires diplomacy, it's not you don't want Bobby there. Yeah. 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 So we understand that the the big chapter in his life is that he's being the executive director of this LGBTQ museum in New York City, which is a pretty cool idea. Yeah. Um, it's a nice little um plot for them i'd say for for like careers that we usually get it's at least unique yeah right like totally like even just somebody working at a regular museum would be unique for our genre yeah they're, they're not publishing they're not at a magazine of some kind right. they're not architects it can only be so creative yeah um and he's clearly very smart and clearly does care about history um, yeah and in particular that particular history yeah queer history yeah um and where where we find Billy is kind of, he's lonely, right? But he's, he's okay with that, kind of. Well, yeah, and I don't know if he would say he's lonely. He would probably say he's alone but not lonely, but he's probably in a little, he's kind of in denial of who, where he's, he's at. He's at least in a little bit of a rut. Yeah. Because like he, we see him like hook up with somebody on Grinder, and it is, I would say it's more for the sake of doing it than getting any satisfaction from it. Yeah. Like I don't have encounters like that. Um, but I'm just like that. I can tell was very unsatisfying for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, because basically a, a guy, he basically goes there and a guy pleasures himself onto him. him. <laughs> and, and then he's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's just like, it's like Bobby's life is, not necessarily super about romance or sex or, you know, really socializing super much. He just has yeah. his friends, his job, and he doesn't have to be loved super he, much. He goes and sees his friends, and I'm like, oh, man, Kelly, do you remember having friends? <laughs> like, I don't know. In do you remember past, going out? <laughs> like, going out and seeing friends at dinner? Like, I, I haven't had that experience in a long time. Not since a I child. don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he goes and sees them and we get into some like satire of like, some of his friends are in a thruple now, uh-huh. as you heard in the trailer and, uh, other friends are having, you know, more traditional things like having babies and yeah, stuff like th- that. Some of them are adopting and, and it's like, it's like your traditional New York friend group that you get, yeah. but just pushed, pushed further into the like queer side of things than yeah. we usually get in this genre. Yeah. Cause what? Hugh Grant film or Sandra Bullock film where they we meet the friends and it's like, oh, the whole point is that her life is going nowhere and her friends' lives are going everywhere. So they're having these things like having a baby and all that. Mm-hmm. But this, it's the thruple version, which right. yeah, yeah. we haven't really seen before. And honestly, every single time this movie looks at you and is like, look, I know queer culture is it's hilarious little- sometimes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little much. It's very spot on with its humor. Yeah. It's, it's very choice. Yeah. And somehow it gets that satire humor, but it gets the right pitch. Right. Where, where it never where brings it still, you out of it. Yeah. It, it never brings you out of it. And it still has so much love and truth in it that like the satire works really well. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, you know, I think he's in denial of where he's at in his life. Yeah. But honestly, like, okay, what do you think about starting off your character like this? Where... 
they're successful. Like he's got millions of people who listen to his podcast, right? Right. And he's getting honored as an award. He's like cis I like his award. It's cis white gay man of the year. Yeah. And he gets this award and he's like the head of this new museum and he's looking for five million dollars. It's like he's a pretty successful individual. It's not like we have Hugh mm-hmm. Grant working at a bookshop over here, right? Yeah. And we don't always get our lead actors as being the most successful ones, at least not the ones that we're like rooting to achieve something. Sometimes you get like it in duos, like in the proposal where you have um, oh, Sandra yeah. Bullock is like way high up. And then you have Ryan Reynolds who is trying to make his way up. But usually you don't. And the same thing with um, uh, two weeks, notice. two weeks notice. Yeah. Right? But they're you, both wildly successful in their way. Right. But. Like there, th- this is this is like top of the food chain yeah. almost, yeah. right? But mm-hmm. it's nice because it makes room for his actual uh, weaknesses, character weaknesses to work on, and we don't have yeah. to get distracted by his job, which exactly. is what I hate in other rom coms, where it's like, well, just focus on your work. Like, no, we don't have to do that, right? Um, well, because he wa- because corners. he wants to focus on his work so yeah. much that it becomes a flaw. Yeah. Kind of. Well, I mean, not a flaw, but it's it's more distracting him from being happy yeah so we see him and he goes to this like big you know club opening thing for some software app and it's yeah. it's a it's a wild party um but it's a very gay party yeah it's like 95 <laughs> percent of the people have their shirts off yeah, yeah yeah um and uh he sees he sees his buddy guy branham's there who we thought was the guy from mean girls but we were both wrong we were both wrong i was like where's your hair but he's funny um, and we see the love interest, Luke McFarlane, who I had never heard of before. I um, haven't either, but is really good. Uh, yeah, he had a lot of good line readings. There are a couple of things I'm like, oh, that's that's not so great. That's a little clumsy. But otherwise, he was pretty good. Honestly, anything that felt like that felt more of just him being a bro. Yeah, that's true. So I'm, I'm I, looking at his IMDb. Look at this Christmas in my heart. Are these Hallmark movies that he's been in? possibly chateau which, christmas which is another great part of this movie is that um they really take digs at hall Look hallmark at films he's in he's in starring in this hallmark movie chateau christmas that's so funny okay so the subplot of this film is there are it's not even a subplot it's like background noise where there's a billion hall heart movies yeah. which are their version of hallmark and it's like they're trying to get their way in. look it's him and aaron krakow yes yes i know <laughs> great <laughs> I, I get it. He's in a lot of them, <laughs> but it's like it's like an embedded joke. Like they took this guy. Like did they watch Hallmark movies and like that one? We'll pick him. Oh, I, maybe I don't know. <laughs> but the whole thing is in the background. All the Hallmarky kind of movies are getting more and more queer, but they're like really goofily. Yeah, that way. Like my favorite is the a Holly Polly Christmas, yeah. where they're like, it's. It's snowing on all seven. Of we us. all love each other. It's very good. Um, so anyway, he sees him from across the room, and they kind of start this dialogue where they are basically the most opposite people you can find in that room. Yeah, because as we said, uh, Billy Eichner's character is very smart and very thoughtful, um, very successful, very driven. And then we meet Luke McFarlane, who plays Aaron, who's just kind of a bro. He's kind of a bro, but you get that a lot of since he is a bro a lot of people underestimate him Mm -hmm. because though he does like sports and garth brooks and like all these things that feel a little anti-new york gay he's still thoughtful and funny in a way that 
people don't give him credit for. Yeah, yeah. which makes him a really good love interest. Yeah, and it infuriates Bobby because he's just like, no, I have you figured out. But then all of a sudden, <laughs> they have this good running bit where Aaron just keeps disappearing on him, yeah. like Batman, yeah, <laughs> a la the animated series, and he just uh, he kind of just keeps. I keeps him on his toes a yeah. little bit. And Bobby wants to put Aaron in a box because that feels more comfortable for Bobby because he's just like, you're just a bro. You work out all the time. You're, you're just having super, sex with these two guys later tonight. I know your type. You're just super hot. And I, I don't I know your type, so I don't want to get you know involved. Yeah. But mm-hmm. he can't deny the attraction. And he's being totally unfair because it's like there's more to Aaron than this box that you're putting him in. I like he is a transformer. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's see. Where, what happens after that at the party? Um, the, I think what happens is they like they reach out to each other. Yeah. They start texting each yeah. other. And there's there's some good texting bits. Yeah. Because um, there's another. Usually texting scenes are boring, but these ones are pretty good. Yeah. Because there's another texting scene where he's t- where where Bobby's talking to someone else. And he wants him to send an ass pic. And yeah. he has to like go shave his ass and all <laughs> and that. And he cuts his man online dating i'm so glad i missed all that i would not uh i do well i did a little i did a little and it's did you ever um, shave your ass no i actually <laughs> no. it's funny because um i'm a very hairy gentleman but my butt no N- not for happening. some reason oh no, no oh you're no, clean it, it's just, clean it's just shaven. a cleaner area than i you would expect well that's way too much information for this podcast. congratulations robin i hope you're enjoying it <laughs> Anyways, what are we talking about before? We're talking about. So he that's right. He's trying to hook up with somebody. It doesn't work. And then he finally like goes out on a date with Aaron. Yeah. And they go to a movie and Aaron runs into an old buddy. um, Hockey buddy. Old hockey buddy who is ostensibly straight because we meet his fiance, some Mm -hmm. lady. um, And they seem nice. And he's like, I totally had a crush on that guy all my life. And Aaron also he's kind of playing it off specifically like he might not be gay yeah because he's like uh, we just want like, to see some stupid cowboy yeah gay it's like movie. code switching like yeah. he he dials it down depending on who he's talking to and who he's dealing mm-hmm. with yeah and and billy uh, i'm sorry and bobby sorry that's gonna be hard <laughs> um he he kind of like sees this and calls him out for it a little bit because bobby calls him out on everything yeah but he doesn't go on about it he just like makes a quip about it and then they move on yeah yeah and so they go to a movie and they there's a lot of like hollywood meta satire humor where they're talking about how hollywood gay movies are always played played with straight straight actors but also about how it does feel like a little bit of shaming on mainstream audiences. Like, oh, you only go to like the Oscar Beatty movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't go to where like gay people have a tragic ending. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Like, and it's like, uh, t- I'm like touche because the ones that we talk about, like Brokeback Mountain, are famously of this example of having very straight actors in gay roles. And sure, that's now changing, but only now is that changing. Yeah, and I feel like when. When we watch um, the, I'm not, I'm not sure, sure, but I feel like the lesbian movies we've watched have circumvented that a little bit better. Yeah, definitely better because yeah. it was there was Happiest Season and Kissing Jessica Stein. Um, I I don't know. I'd have to do my research. And Imagine Me and You. Yeah, 
yeah, I, I don't know the lives of those actors, but, um, you know, I, I listened to, maybe I'll, I'll link it in our episode description, but, uh, I listened to an episode for uh, a director who is a queer director and they were talking about how they had different thoughts on it. They, they think like they were thinking that representation was very important and it needed to happen more, but they kind of wanted to say, I don't want to ask my actors what their identity is right. before I cast them because I, I want the best person for the part, but that also could be their business. Yeah. It's yeah. just a very interesting take on it, but I think this movie is reacting against years and years and years of right. non-diversity slash just casting straight actors. Yeah, and I, I read a good interview too that was similar to the lines of, oh, interesting that you're presuming someone's life. Um, just mm. because of what you know about them publicly, yeah. that you don't know what their because all actors, life has been. as we know, are gay. So, <laughs> yeah, didn't you know? Um, Would you guys ever go to theater camp? Huh? <laughs> so, what do we got going here? So, they, well, the date almost comes to an end, and this movie is is the first half satirizes the rom com, and it and it references it all all over the place. Yeah, like there's there's you've got mail. There's, oh yeah, like because. When he's shaving his ass, mm -hmm. it is they are cribbing the You've Got Mail soundtrack. Right. Because they totally the want... Sound, the soundtrack is completely... Yeah, they want like you to feel like Nora this is an equivalency. This mm -hmm. is the cute Meg Ryan moment when he's shaving his ass. And he even watches You've Got Mail in this one and tries to reference it with a guy. And that's one of the funniest parts, actually. He's like, you know, like in You've Got Mail, wouldn't it be funny? Because he's, he's trying to like flirt with someone, and you can tell this is the beginning of him wanting conversation mm -hmm. rather than just like hooking up but it's very funny because like you and i have been preparing all our lives for the the vernacular that this, this film is taking on. yes yeah We're, we are the audience for which this movie is made yeah yeah so he uh aaron gets a text from the two guys that he had been hooking up with mm -hmm. and they're like hey come come hook up with us and he's like oh and Bobby takes that as like, oh, okay, I guess, you know, you're going to go, you know, hook up with them. He's like, no, I'm inviting you. Uh -huh. But the scene ends where Bobby's like, I don't know, maybe, uh, I don't think so. I, I think I'll just go. And then it ends, that scene ends with John Mayer. And it's very intentional use of John Mayer as this like old fashioned aughts rom-com. Yeah. Like mic drop, vinyl drop kind yes. of thing. Yeah, very much. And he, they like look at each other and then we, there's a lot of cut to mm -hmm. jokes where we see them in the midst of things <laughs> with this other couple. Yeah. And like, I like Bobby. He's, he's there and he's like, but he just really wants to be with Aaron. Right. And so he's there and he's like having sex with them. But then he's like, Ugh, okay, I, I think I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to run. They're like, oh, you're going to leave. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know, it's, it's, um, it's done in such like a witty, charming way, mm -hmm. and the blocking is very good in this movie because there's a lot of penises not shown. Yeah, I figured we'd see one. No penises were shown in the filming of this movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, show us. Uh, I mean, you don't have to, but I figured that would be part of the like, I don't know, leveling leveling of playing fields because there's so many there's so many vaginas out there. Well, I don't know. It's hard to have a one to one equivalency these yeah. days. We see one in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, I'm just saying. Well, yeah. Oh, also, can we comment that Nicholas Stoller directed this movie? Mm -hmm. Same with Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of similarities between these two films. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know where this comes up, but we then have a lot of scenes with what they're doing at the museum. And we get this great cast with Jim Rash is the one that we uh, know the best out of that bunch. But also... Miss Lawrence. 
I have never heard of these people. Excuse me, Miss Lawrence. Dot Marie Jones. You don't know Dot Marie Jones? Sorry. Um, okay. T.S. Madison. Um, I, did, I don't know T.S. Madison, okay. actually. Um, but it's a great... And Jim Rash. Did you say Jim Rash? Yeah. The great Jim Rash. It's a great board that they're all representing the LGBTQ uh, aspect. Yeah, completely. And they just argue, and they're hilarious arguments of like... Who's more important? Like, whose history is more important? Exactly. They all make really good arguments, and it's hilarious, too. Yeah, it it really, it doesn't get so serious, but, like, the points get made. Yeah. Yeah, it's very good. Of course, lesbians get a month and we get a week. And my my favorite out of that group is just Jim Rash, probably because of the amount of community I've watched. Mm -hmm. But he's just got, like, a an undeniable need for attention and charm yeah very good charisma um i don't know where this happens i think this is too early but at some point messing uh yeah they need they need five million dollars and so one of the donors could be deborah messing because she like referred to herself as the octavia butler of something or something like that (laughs) and and so it's like she shows up at one point in time and it's when he's having He's having trouble figuring out what's going on with Aaron because yeah. they they go on a nice date, but nothing like he nothing comes of it. Yeah, because they have this other they have like the second date where he comes over to the museum as like a benefit right, gala. That's right, mm-hmm. um, and they kind of go through this hall of you know historical figures, and Bobby gets to explain a lot of queer history that you know Aaron was kind of oblivious to, mm-hmm. and there's this great moment where. He's looking at all these historical figures, and then he sees like a piece of glass, and it's just looking at himself. And he just kind of has to ask, "What's my legacy going to be?" Yeah, and you know, I thought that was really nice. And at first, I didn't know where they were going to go with that. Like, is he going to go into more like activism right. or something? But I like in the end that it ends up being chocolate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but he he kind of ditches Bobby that night, and Bobby doesn't know what to do with that. Right, because I mean, he's. Bobby's Bobby's being cool, but a little bit annoying in he's his overcompensating. Yeah, and yeah, he's trying to be too cool. Yeah, and Aaron also. I think this is right about the time where Aaron uh, finds out that his hockey buddy that we met earlier is actually gay. Yeah, he and came, has just out, came and out, broke up with his fiance. Yeah. Um, which is that was like a good complication. It's like yeah. ooh, because I saw the chemistry he had with that guy, and yeah, and he referenced like the fact that he was like you know interested in him when he was younger. Yeah, so so he doesn't talk to Billy Eichner for a while. He complains to Deborah Messing about it, and Deborah Messing freaks out on him because she's yeah. not Grace. <laughs> it is it is a really good moment for Deborah Messing, and I'm glad she got to say it out loud. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and Billy Eichner just tries to apologize. Um, I can't remember. He he eventually does call him, right? They eventually he, like con- yeah. He calls him and then Aaron texts him back. And- oh yeah, and Aaron was gonna like to say I'm not interested, but then he reconsiders and gives him a second chance. Yeah, we have a lot of text messages in this movie that are typed out, but then not sent and reevaluated. And I've I've not seen that in a movie before. Text messaging can be really stupid in film because mm-hmm. it's like the least cinematic thing ever. Yeah, but. This I liked. I think it's going to be so commonplace to the point where there's so many 30s and 40s movies where a character sits down and writes a letter. And they just sit there and monologue while yeah. they write that letter. Yeah. And so this is that. They've, they've come to a nice place with texting. And I, I think the next scene that we get is they have a date where they're in the park and 
you know, Aaron's watching like all these hunky dudes play football. Yeah, and and Bobby's feeling really insecure about it. Yeah, um, because Bobby does not look like Aaron. Aaron looks like I don't know, like a Ken doll who's worked out to a be lot. a better yeah. Ken doll. <laughs> He's Ken doll two point Yeah, and Bobby looks like a guy <laughs> yeah bobby looks like a guy who may or may not have worked in it at some point in time. um really tall really lanky yeah still attractive but sure. um doesn't spend all of his time at the gym exactly or doing the juice yes you know which, which we we'll learn about aaron does he uses steroids which i didn't the testosterone he says testosterone yes because yeah. steroids i remember my dad like push me in corner not push me in corner he's like never <laughs> he's like never ever do steroids and i was like 10 i'm like okay <laughs> yeah um i was never told that i don't think anybody worried about me doing steroids <laughs> where would one find steroids oh well my dad came up he was a wrestler and a football player and okay. so he was around that a lot and he saw how it just destroyed his friends like bodies he how would like, you I find steroids went. Um, I, I would know how to find I don't most know how hard to, drugs. I don't know how to find hard drugs. I, I Maybe that's where you and I can collaborate. I'll find I think, the steroids. <laughs> okay. I, I think I could find crystal meth faster <laughs> than I could find steroids. Well, Aaron's doing testosterone, which apparently yeah. there's rules that you inject yourself with testosterone and you have a window to go work out and let that actually be a, a stimulant because that would make total sense to me. Okay. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. testosterone coursing through your veins, you would be able to lift much <gasps> more. Yeah. But again, I, I don't know how safe that would be either. I feel like that's I I would react just like Bobby or be like, OK, this is weird. I'm not trying to. In, uh, OK, sure. Which this doesn't happen yet. First, they they're watching these these footballers and Bobby gets really upset. And then they kind of like start laying it out on the table a little bit more and then pushing each other around mm-hmm. and their wrestling turns into making out, and they're like, let's go bone. Yeah. Fight. Yeah, you like that? Hey. Yeah, I can be tough. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, can I can be tough like your boys. Like you can stop yeah. Like oh, that's you. what you, you like, huh? Oh, now you're on my blanket, bro. Yeah, yeah, get on my blanket, bro. Oh, now you want yeah, yeah. on my yeah. big blanket? Now you want to be on my big blanket? I can be aggressive. Oh, there you are. There you are. I can be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Okay, man. And so they go bone. It's a very funny scene. I was at first kind of like, are all the sex scenes in this movie just going to be a joke? Shouldn't shouldn't it ever get sweet and tender? And then it they eventually it really does. Do. They eventually do. And I don't even think it was a like I don't think it was necessarily a joke that they were like pushing each other around beforehand. I think it was like a it, to me maybe it was a little bit of a joke, but it felt more like a communication yeah. baseline. It reminded me of the sex scene in Forgetting Sarah Marshall where it's Aldous Snow and Kristen Bell and they're like having sex like bunnies and yeah. there's it's got similar energy to it. I guess so. Uh, to me it felt a little bit more narrative. Yeah. Yeah. What was the thing they did where he like snorted something out of a bottle? You were telling me like, "Oh, oh I know about this." Pop- okay, so poppers. Um this is this is big in the gay community where um, it's it basically gets you like it's not the same as huffing glue, but I've heard it compared to that <laughs> where it gets you a little high fast for a short amount of time and it makes sex feel like just that much better. Oh, OK. Yeah. Interesting. You know, but it's huge. You ever, you ever have white wine before sex? That's pretty good. too. Wow. You Ryan, you are f- 52 right and living in a high-rise in new york right now ah uh, what can i say it's pretty mundane 
I'm well. I'm. I can't talk. I'm. I'm basic in a different way. I'm drinking a pumpkin beer right now. It's tis the season. You're a basic pumpkin bitch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my God. Uh, so they have funny sex, but also good sex, and also tender sex, and we get that they like each other. Mm-hmm. And this is where Aaron like gets vulnerable with him and tells him one of his lifelong dreams was to be a chocolatier a chocolatier and bobby's like you should do it and because we understand that aaron's this estate lawyer and He's just like, deals I with heard dying of this people. woman who moved to a small french town once and fell in <laughs> love with johnny depp yeah this this is a classic time to bring up chocolat i know it should have been right yeah uh and so Aaron hates his job and hates being a lawyer. And Bobby's like, oh, and he's a, a chocolatier. What, what kind of lawyer is he? He's an estate lawyer. Yeah. And so he mainly talks to people who are dying. Yeah. Which uh, who would like that? No. Um, and so Bobby's pushing him and Aaron's just kind of like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. And that just kind of goes to show their priorities in life that Bobby's pursued exactly what he wanted, but kind of at a cost. Mm-hmm. And same for Aaron at a different cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I like how real he gets when he's describing the fact that he wanted to become a chocolatier and then he had to hide it. And that yeah. was his like, like I'm hiding being gay, but, yeah. but it's, I'm hiding being a chocolate lover. Yeah. Cause there's no like really cliche, like my coming out trauma story to no. like contrive drama. It never the, gets there. I, I honestly thought it was going there at one point because he has a FaceTime with his parents where his mom is like, your friend is gay. Right. And I, the way she was talking to him and the way, like, he's just kind of bro-y, it made me think, oh, maybe he hasn't come out to his parents yet. Right. You know? But, right. But he had, so. Yeah. Um. So they- This Providence Town. Yeah. It? So then they kind of start dating. And yeah. both of them kind of were averse to dating. And I think Bobby was- I don't more. know. I think he was more. He, averse, he yeah. was more averse to dating, but they're like, okay, we'll both try it. So they're both commitment phobes, which is very classic rom com tropes to be in. Yeah, but usually it's one of them, right? But now yeah. it's both of them. Mm-hmm. So mm, there's some conflict for you. Yeah. Uh, so they go to Province Province Town or Providence Town. I think Province it's Providence Town, Town. Um, Rhode Island. Know. Yeah. Or I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we're not East Coast people. Don't. It's Don't somewhere on the coast. Yeah. And it, it looks pretty ideal. Yeah. And so they hear that there's a guy who might donate like maybe a million dollars, which they really need for the museum. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where they meet Bowen Yang, who has a very funny scene. I really like him. I'll oh, like yeah. Some more Bowen he's Yang really, He's really good. He's fantastic. Um, and Aaron is the one who sticks the landing for Aaron. For the pitch. Getting the money. Yeah. And Billy's just, super impressed. Billy's not a good ambassador. Like he's a good fighter for what he believes in. But he's not good at talking to people on their level. Well, he's just good at talking on his level. He's so like set in his ways and just doesn't want to bullshit around. And so he won't he refuses to do that. It's like he's kind of like the screenwriter who's like, I'm only gonna make pretentious nonsense. Yeah, I'm not like, gonna appeal to mass audiences. Yeah. I'm just gonna make real art. He Billy wants really hard wants really bad not to sell out. Yeah. And yeah. um Aaron, being a lawyer, knows how to, you know, get milk the money out of people. He's very good at it. And Bobby is super smitten by what Aaron does. Yeah. We also hear Bobby singing in the shower because they're hanging out at their rental home where Mm -hmm. we meet Harvey Firestein for a cameo. That was cool. Oh, yeah, that's right. For just like a split second. Yeah. And uh, we hear Bobby singing, She's Like the Wind. She's Like the Wind. 
Aaron's like, wow, your voice is amazing. I'm like, I guess so. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> but I mean, that's what you say. That's what you say to somebody that you're falling in love with. Though. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things where the movie is kind of saying like, Bobby could have been a singer. And I'm like, I don't know if he could have been, but maybe. Yeah. I, I don't, the movie might be saying that. I think like right after this, we get the two of them hanging out on the beach together. Mm-hmm. And what prompts Bobby's big monologue in that scene? Um, gosh, it's, I think it's, he almost prompts it himself. Yeah. Where he, like, I think it's, he, he they talk about the, like the singing and how. In, oh, right. Yeah. In, so he, he brings up the singing and Bobby's like, I was going to be more interested in singing, but my teacher said I was too flamboyant or something like yeah. that. So I pursued other things. And then that teacher told me I was too flamboyant like that. So I pursued other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just talks about his whole life experience of people telling him, oh, was this after their, before or after date with the family? This must have been before. This is before. Yeah, this is before. But he was talking about how all these people in his life were trying to tamp down on who he was, his personality, just So now he lives like out loud loudly. Yeah, yeah. and you know, his living his convictions out and like t- there's like a good line where his dad told him like do you have to do is it always about the gay thing all the mm-hmm. time and you know, Bobby kind of holds that like a not a chip on his shoulder but like is convicted to go against that yeah it's odd because it's like the gasoline in his tank but it's also the chain on his bumper a little bit where it's the fire that's got him to where he's going but it's also keeping him from succeeding fully at it yeah like just the amount of weight that that is on him yeah Yeah. and aaron's kind of the opposite because aaron you know like we said kind of code switches and kind of just like plays down his identity a lot of the times. I mean, he doesn't even have to play down his identity too much in this movie. He just has to relate to people. Yeah. And he's, but he's also embarrassed by Bobby as what we see later. Yeah. Um, and how that works in his family life. And I think this movie does a really good job of saying everybody's a little right here. Yeah. You know, yeah. where, yeah, Bobby is kind of annoying. Like he's a lot. <laughs> and, you have to really love him to deal with him. He's not morally wrong, though. Right. And he should be able to be himself, but that doesn't always mean that he's going to be great at family functions. Yeah. So later on, there's um, it's a Christmas gathering, and Aaron's family's coming to town, and Bobby's being invited out for Christmas, and they go sightseeing. And Bobby very loudly gives the tour but is like the lgbt historical version of tour of new york city no i mean but it's not even that it's like that but it's it's like i i don't it's just a lot of energy yeah yeah and i i totally understand where where aaron is coming from he's like calm down yeah just (laughs) dial it back just a little bit yeah because if any of and maybe this is just saying who I would date, maybe. But if anybody was that intense about anything with my family when he first met them, I'd be like, could you just just a little bit? Yeah, I'm afraid I probably am the Bobby when it comes to certain contexts. You are. No, yeah, okay. I mean, not you're not that intense, but like when it comes to Star Wars. If you get me are. going on a subject, I will just keep going. And Sarah will be like, stop. Just <laughs> We get it. You're not as intense as him. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, and You're about 50%. There. <laughs> uh, 
uh, I think most people can feel comforted in that fact yeah. that we're not a lot of us are like Bobby, but we all know a Bobby. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so Bobby. they go to dinner and we meet Aaron's mom more and she's a teacher, a second grade teacher. And Bobby starts asking if she teaches LGBT history and she's like, Oh, not, not quite now. It's not an appropriate age for that. And Bobby just gets more and more intense about why not. Yeah. And, it goes badly. <laughs> it goes badly, and poor Aaron is just sitting there, like, like I've had, I've had this happen multiple times <laughs> with multiple girlfriends, where somebody in my family does not agree with what they're saying, and they don't agree with what they're saying, and they start a fight, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> please don't. Luckily, my family is all people pleasers, and Sarah is literally trained in dealing with people, so I've never had that problem, so I'm sorry. I'm jealous. Yeah. It's never fun, and it's not, not fun for Aaron, and so when they end this, and it's at like this, it, another great rom-com trope, there's people singing at a restaurant. Yeah. And it was just, it was really perfect timing where like right in the middle of their fight, like they start singing uh, then they Something. started doing Grease. I think they did some Peter Pan and some Grease. Right, Grease. The end song from Grease, which is the most annoying <laughs> song to sing. Such an obnoxious song. Perfect right then, choice. especially. Yeah. And so Aaron leaves and he's like, fuck this. And then he goes and finds his hockey buddy, but Bobby follows him and finds the two of them macking. Yeah. And is super hurt by it and it blows up. Was this, but this was after the Christmas sex capades. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because there's a they're at a party and they're they're both pretty drunk. Yeah, and um, Aaron's crush is there, and he's like, "Hey, what's the rule about like monogamy? The, you know, or how monogamy are we?" And it's like, "Well, we'll do it together." And yeah, so, and so they, they start trying to have sex with the hockey guy, but I think it goes unfulfilled because their friend comes in, or maybe not. But there's this, this really weird, weird guy. little guy who's like trying to insert them himself into the sex scene. Yeah, and. <laughs> The the movie goes through these has several sex scenes of which I would call non traditional, no judgment, non traditional, um, and we see him making out with his crush. Uh huh. My question as I'm watching, I'm like, that's not okay. That's not cool. There was there was sometimes where I was a little adrift of what was okay and what was not okay. Um. No. 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 It's fine. Like. I think if you're saying, hey, we're going to have a threesome here. No, 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 I know. Oh. But later on, we see him making out with him. Oh, yeah. That's not, that has not been permissed. Yeah. I didn't know if it was like because case after, by case or just generally. No, I, it seems like where they are at this point is Bobby is like, hey, I think I'd like to be monogamous because that was hard for me. And then after that, he ends Did up. Did they make, say that? Yeah, I remember they're sitting in bed, and he's like, "Ooh, let's be oh, right. monogamous." So that's true. It was explicitly not okay. Yeah, at least at least for the, the case of him. Yeah. So they blow up. They're not together anymore. Um, Billy Eichner does uh, testosterone. <laughs> yeah, um, it's like what's this trope in other movies where it's like. I'm gonna. This is definitely Dark Knight of the Soul here. Yeah, I'm gonna be because his whole thing is that he's extremely insecure when it comes to Aaron because Aaron is really attractive and really physically fit and seems to be really into guys who look just like him. And Bobby's kind of feeling that, really feeling that that he just doesn't feel good enough for Aaron. Right. So he's like, I'm gonna go beef up. Yeah. And so he 
he goes to the gym, but he ends up hooking up with a guy, and but he hooks up with another guy by using a bro voice. Yeah, he talks down here. Yeah, which the sound design did a really good job because it's like it was clearly like a little bit emphasized. Yeah, but just enough where it wasn't r- weird. Yeah. Yeah, it sounded good. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's a very funny moment when he like accidentally breaks character and the guy's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um, and then they have a nice moment. He kicks him out, but they have a nice moment about uh, Barbara Streisand. Yeah, and she's the best. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, then Billy Eichner shows up at the museum and, yeah, and ra- he's, rages rage. out. Yeah. Um, because there there was going to be an exhibit where Lincoln may have been gay and they're, they were going to make that case. And Jim Rash was like, no way, we can't do this. Yeah. And they were going to lose their funding. And-, and and you can see how Billy is just a little, Lincoln was gay. Yeah. It's like, I mean, you can make an assertion and write a paper about this, but you can't just come out and be like, he was. Yeah. I th- like there was a lack of proof and Jim Rash was like, this isn't anything. I like the movie taking a pretty like, uh, n- not nuanced, but it's just kind of like, yeah, we we can't really do this. Yeah. Um, and Billy Eichner's just in the dark night of the soul feeling, whereas like no one is on his side. No mm-hmm. one wants to be about what he's about. And whose side are you on? Side. I am on nobody's side because nobody is on my side. You know, denying the possibility of Lincoln being gay is just kind of denying Bobby in the first place. Yeah, very much so. And like, I like that we have this character that I like, but is abrasive. But I, I'm in, I, I am enjoying him being that way. Yeah. It's very rare that I get a character like that where sometimes we have abrasive characters that are our main characters in movies in this genre. And I'm just like, oh, it's hard to just watch you. Yeah. But for some reason, he's funny enough. Yeah. It's like, it's like Billy Crystal is like the very flabby version of this, where he's not flabby, not flabby. But I'm trying to think like Billy Crystal is sharp but never abrasive. But they oh, seem... I thought you meant like body wise. I know I wasn't I'm the like right he's word. pretty live. Um, not these days. Yeah, but there's something. I think they would be friends. <laughs> I think they could go out and complain about things together. Oh, completely. Yes, and and this is very much a scene that you'd see like right out of Thirty Rock. Yeah. Where yeah. a, an event goes wrong. <laughs> yeah, because he tries to destroy things with the pride flag and gets tackled by the lesbians. And, you know, it's full of good, like, visual metaphors where yeah. it's like we're all fighting over what we think is most important and we're using yeah. pride as a weapon. Yeah, yeah, he's weaponized the, the pride flag. Um, so, but it, that all kind of fizzles out. And, you know, we see them have their classic rom-com they've broken up but they miss each other and they get back together for a moment yeah um but they have like a big fight and it comes down to bobby's insecurity really and aaron's just trying to tell him like you don't need to worry about you know yeah i love you yeah Yeah. and bobby can't accept it i thought this was the best writing in the movie is that bobby bobby's insecurity overshadowed his ability to let himself be loved and so that's why it couldn't work. And he's honest about it. Yeah. He's like, it's just probably better off if I'm alone. Yeah. Which yeah. that's where the character storytelling does best. And it kind of makes other rom-coms seem small because it's like this feels like the realest that a rom-com in this like style of rom-com has gotten. There's something that this movie has as an advantage. Almost, I don't, I don't want to say a cheat card, but it writes the advantage into the movie where we have a character who is okay at being honest about their flaws which you don't have often often a 
person is trying to act or a character is trying to act against their flaws and hide their flaws. Mm -hmm. That makes for more of a mask of what's going on and you have to read it into the subtext. But this one, like it gets at something real and subtle by somebody being obvious about what's going on inside of them. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. Um, so then there's the big museum gala. Um, there's chocolatiering going on. He makes, you know, Aaron makes chocolate and it's another good way for Aaron to show that Bobby has had an impact on who Aaron is. Yeah, very much. Because there's other movies where it's like, look, I applied for that job. What have I done that if I didn't date you? Maybe. And yeah. I'm just like, okay, I guess you had an effect but on that person. But there's no way he would have gotten into the chocolate without the encouragement. Yeah, and that just shows like... You know who got into some chocolate earlier in this movie? Uh, who? Billy. Uh, with oh, that guy from the gym. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Though I'm proud to call you chocolate bear, the crowd will always talk and stare. He, yeah, I mean, you can tell that the two of them are coming closer together because they're sending text messages back and forth with each other. They have their talks with their like he significant has, friends he has his straight best friend i like that like reverse uno card yeah it, it is a reverse uno card it's still stupid as far as a <laughs> character is concerned because we she don't is, know anything about her we know that she has kids yeah that's basically it but the other characters in this movie it's a pretty stacked cast so we don't really have time for getting no, into her but life. I, I do want to say everybody gets one and so yeah um, m- movies about gay couples. You've had your gay best friend. You're or done. Your straight best friend. You're done. Let's be done with it. Let's yeah. move past it. Yeah. New movies do not have a gay or straight best friend that is nothing other than that. Make them characters. In this one, I'll allow it. Yeah. So yeah, they talk, and Aaron talks to his brother, and they have a a broy conversation where they don't yeah. really talk about their feelings, but you know, maybe they'll talk about their feelings for the first it's time. It's really good. Cause it's his brother's stuff. going through a divorce and stuff. Yeah. And then he's invited to the gala or there's a, a, Hey, what's up? Yeah. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's, hey, up? what's up? Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? Which, uh, I've definitely had that feeling in like high school when you're texting, when you get a text with a crush or something. Mm-hmm. I had that feeling in college. Come on. Oh man. That was the best. I get that feeling, feeling when Robin texts me sometimes now. I remember when Sarah texted me one of the winter breaks. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't dance that much, but it was pretty. Hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah. It was so great. Um, so he goes, he goes to the museum and classic rom-com, like almost, it, it almost riffs completely from forgetting Sarah Marshall because there's a musical, uh, interlude or a performance mm-hmm. that, Bobby puts on that's in the style of Garth Brooks because Aaron says that he his favorite artist is Garth Brooks right. and it's this nice funny love song. Yeah, and uh, they kiss and they vow to reassess their relationship in three months mm-hmm. and they do and they're like, no, we still like each other a lot. Yeah, so they're like, we're not going to be super heteronormative in our formality, right? But we still love each other. Yeah, I mean that jokes. That joke happened in 94 with Four Weddings where he says he proposes not to get married and can we just date? So it's like, we've done this joke. I'll allow it. But don't think you're breaking. You're not shattering any ground here. It's just a good joke. Yeah, it's a good joke. And that's it. And we're out. Cut to credits. And Kelly and I had a nice drink afterwards. It was fun. Yeah, it really (laughs) was. Um, I'm going to go eat some of the food your wife made. Most assuredly your wife made. Oh, okay. This, we'll come back because it smells time. good. Seems starving. Hold on a second. Before we go to break, you didn't tell me what you thought of the movie. 
I know. You were like, I'm eating food. That's true. But but let's say that didn't happen. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I would... Give me your out of five. I would give it a three and a half out of three and a half stars. Mm-hmm. 3.5 stars mm-hmm. out of five. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty good. I was satisfied. Yeah. There are a lot of times in this movie where I feel a little un- not invited to this movie because it's very much Billy Eichner is yelling at you a lot mm-hmm. and is very it the movie seems to be very angry that it's taken this long for it to be a Universal Studios movie that is a predominantly gay story, gay cast. Mm-hmm. And it feels a little bit like a party that I was allowed to go to but gets to the point where it, the movie's kind of like, "Hey, thanks for coming." It's like, "Okay, bye." There's a lot that felt like the movie wanted to make you understand that straight audiences and gay audiences are going to react differently to the story that they're telling. Hmm. So I, I felt a little bit yelled at a little, but uh-huh. I'm okay with that. Okay. Cause he just feels very, he has, he's a very angry character. So I'm like, sure. you seem like you got a lot going on, but the movie does feel a little hostile. But that's okay. I don't. I don't. I'm not going to fault that. But I. I felt a little out of place watching it. I. I had, and it was a different problem from What If, where the characters in What If confounded me. I was like, I don't mm-hmm. understand this. Whereas this movie, I'm like, I. I just can't relate to like group sex. That's not a thing that Ryan's ever done or ever will do. And sure, it's. It's just not for me, and that's okay. That was a sure. lot of my experience. Okay. What about you? I didn't necessarily feel uninvited by people doing things that were different than what I do. The, let's see. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it just felt like a bunch of characters, uh, to me, um, that, you know, we don't usually get all in the same place together in a studio rom-com Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah. So I really liked it. Um, I'm kind of like 3.75 to four, um, because I do think this movie had a lot of heart and Mm -hmm. I really did like its heart. Especially like the scene on the beach. Yeah. It it was complicated because Billy Eichner just goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And you can tell he's dealing with a lot of hurt. And I think um, he plays it in a way that is so... It's so bitter. Yeah. And it seems like he almost doesn't know how bitter he is or that it's hurting him. Right. Um, but... It's like kind of deserved bitterness. It feels very raw and very honest. Yeah. Good character storytelling. Yeah. And and like this like the moment afterwards where like Aaron is there for him and then they like kiss and they have their dance on the beach. Mm-hmm. It's so romantic. <laughs> it's such a dorky It's dancer. so dorky. But um at the same time, I did think this was one of the funniest movies I've seen this year. Mm-hmm. If not the funniest movie I've seen this year, which is saying something. Yeah. Like I didn't laugh this much in like uh train wreck for instance which right. was also this done by Jeff way Abdo. better than train wreck yeah and train wreck uh from from you received a like a three or 3.5 or something like that and i i think this one's i like this way more than train wreck yeah um it just it felt fuller it felt like the characters were more real it felt like the romance was more believable and deserved and odd mm-hmm. because like these two characters were very different from each other. Uh, so yeah, I think it's funny last week I gave footloose a four and though 
like I would go back and watch each one of these at a different time and they're very different movies. I think I'm going to score this a four as well. Yeah. 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 Um, Well, then we need to give it a trope. Trope talk. Welcome to trope talk. It's like whoop talk because whoop, Uh, whoop, they're uh, insulting my parents. uh, Whoop, uh, whoop. Uh, we have a, um, an awkward trope. It's the awkward parent interaction. Yeah. Um, Ryan, what was it like when you first met Sarah's parents when you started dating? Because I know you met her them before you started dating as well. Yeah, I, well, I met them and I just tried to be polite to them. There was, well, when I met them, it was in the context of, I was just one of Sarah's weird friends and so there wasn't any kind of like expectation of sure. what that interaction was. Sure. When we started dating, I met them on my first date with Sarah. Whoa, they were there the whole time, It was a very huh? Amish date. <laughs> they were chaperoning? <laughs> no, but part of the date was we went to, I think it was Lauren's piano recital. Ah, I've been on those dates before. And um, it was, that was the beginning of the date. Okay. And I met the parents and... That's nice. That's a, that's a good way I for, remember for you guys to do I remember being nice. That. Yeah. It, um, maybe they remember it differently. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, what are your experiences? Did you insult them or like, no. would you talk too much about movies? No, luckily there was a piano being played at the whole, the whole time. So oh, okay. there was no time to talk. And you left right after. Yeah. So if you're going to meet the parents of the person that you're dating. Do it at an event. Make it a piano recital. That way you won't have to talk to each other. Very good. My, I'm not going to talk about my meeting uh, Robin's mom because that was first, I think, on Skype, I mm. want to say. We had conversations because I was going to ask her to marry me and I wanted to let them know. Right. You know, But like they lived in a different state. And when I finally met them, it was just very easy and fun and wonderful. Yeah. Um, cause Robin's mom was so awesome. Yeah, she was cool. But meeting other parents. Yeah. Oh, I remember when I met the parents of the girl I went out with in high school mm-hmm. and I remember that conversation vividly <laughs> because they had just moved to town. She was the new girl in school mm-hmm. and I asked her out on a date. She's like, okay, you have to come inside and meet my parents real quick. Uh-huh. And I met them. Her mom was just super nice. And the dad was like, ah, so junior in high school, huh? I'm like, yep. He's like, cool. Like it here? I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right. Have fun tonight. I'm like, okay. Glad I could beat you. Because I have nothing to relate to you about. <laughs> that, that was it. I remember that meeting so much more vid- vividly than meeting Sarah's parents, which I have, I cannot recall what we talked about at all. I think it's because of the piano playing. It's funny because I remember talking to Dave, Sarah's dad, about so many things the first time I met him. What did you guys talk about? Like the music industry. Oh, man. Yeah. I should have brought that up. That's all right. He was mainly just telling me that I shouldn't download music illegally. (laughs) You shouldn't. I know. (laughs) Um, So in this movie, we have a very... A Death by a Thousand Cuts first mm-hmm. parent meet yeah he because he comes off really strong as aaron you know makes it very clear that he's coming off really strong but then he just kind of starts to berate them about everything and it gets very tense very quickly and then on top of that he like he after aaron asks him to back off he backs off too much yeah 
like intentionally so, and then he explodes because yeah. of it. Yeah, it's hard to recover, and so we see a scene of them later, and they kind of act like nothing had happened, which seems pretty chill of his parents. Yeah, in the first it seems place. pretty chill. Yeah, and they kind of they kind of write themselves out of a situation because. Bobby's parents are both dead when this movie starts. So it's like, well, can't have that scene. Right. Yeah. But like a, a movie that is based around the awkward parents meet is meet the parents, which we haven't done on this podcast yet, but mm-hmm. is, is pretty, pretty famous for having like one of the great all time, like interrogation awkward, scenes. Yeah. Interrogation t- scenes. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the main things that we don't get in this movie because it's like Aaron is an older dude. And mm-hmm. like usually the interrogation scenes go where it's like, all right, let's talk to the, you know, the guy about dating my daughter. Yeah. And it's more of a, in this genre, it's it's not necessarily about the conversation. It's about the relationship. Mm. Uh, like I'm thinking about 10 things I hate about you. The plot is really, res- the person responsible for the plot is the dad. Because he, he's the obstacle. Yeah. Yeah. And um the there's something sacrosanct about when you're in a relationship with someone and their relationship with their parents and then navigating your relationship with their parents is mm. very important and hard to hard to thread the needle perfectly all out of the time. Right, because you know, you have to know whether this person wants your their parents to like you or not as yeah. well because sometimes you have that thing where it's like if you're a little bit unliked by the parents sometimes that makes you more attractive in our genre right um the recent film dealing with this is wimbledon we've got sam neill and ah that's right like there's a lot of awkward interactions between uh i was about to say heath ledger part of me wish it was heath ledger paul bettany paul bettany um i would have accepted a a heath ledger here as well um he has a lot of awkward interactions Mm -hmm. with um with mr dinosaur hunter Mr. Dan- yeah, Mr. <laughs> Sam Neill. He's not a hunter. He's an he's an archaeologist. <laughs> I saved the dinosaurs. I, I rescued them. Ah, uh, what does he do? I think what what he does mainly is run away from them. <laughs> run, uh, Any other interesting parent? Sometimes you get in in this moment. This often happens in a movie where somebody like picks another person up for a dance. Right. Where. You know, you, you walk up, you meet the parents, and then the the girl walks down the stairs. Or if you're genre flipping, maybe the boy walks down the stairs. Sure. Um, but in in this film, it's such an awkward meetup. It's just so awkward. <laughs> I know. And I, I don't know how you come back from that. I think it's just that you ignore the scenes where you have to fix it because we don't have time for that unless it's a, like a... A movie that has more drama, like The Family Stone. Yes. Okay. So in The Family Stone, it's it's obvious that Sybil doesn't like Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. What's so great about you guys? Nothing. It's it's just just that we're all we've got. Part of the family doesn't necessarily like her, but they're slightly polite anyway. Mm -hmm. And Kelly, the dad, is very polite. And they they try to make a lot of room for her. Yeah. She's not super likable. <laughs> and then she becomes really unlikable during the dinner conversation. She loves the gays. She, I she love loves the gays. the gays. So it's cool. Um, but but how, how does it come around? 
it's much more so that like Kelly goes to apologize to her, right? Mm-hmm. Just not because he owes her an apology, but because he wants to make peace. Yeah, he's he's the good he's the good one. But Diane Keaton is not really on that wavelength. But then what she does is she surprises all of them with like this extremely heartfelt gift. Mm, yeah. And nobody knows how special it is. She doesn't know how special it is because she doesn't know that Sybil's dying. Yeah. And this movie isn't trying to do that. No. But when when you don't when you don't pass the parents test, I think that's like a really hard thing for a couple to come back from. Yeah. So this is a very good um, narrative device to be employed, especially such a movie as this, um, because it's about, you know, they've been making such a case about both of them, how they express their identity. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's brilliant use of it. I think actually my favorite use of it might be, yeah, I'm going to say dirty dancing because he is set up from go as the dad's like, I'm not going to respect you no matter what, because I think that you've gotten this girl in a horrible situation. Yeah. That continues on until the end of the movie when he's proven not to be that guy. Yeah. And then, and then he really gets told what for, because he tells them no one puts baby in the corner. Right. Yeah, that's right. And uh, no one was putting her in a corner. She it was, was fine. Just she was there. just sitting there, but relax. We have, we have two, two faces of a coin here where Billy in this movie or Bobby is ignoble. Yeah. Because he has points to make, but he could be more noble for his significant. Right. And just not make them right. Then the first time that you're meeting this family, Right. Whereas Patrick Swayze is like, I'm going to be respectful even though I'm being shat on. Yeah, because he's got a, there's nothing he can do to like change the parents' perspective on him. Which are just two different characters. Not one is better than the other, but it's, they're both true to the form of their characters. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you totally understand that plight. I've never been in that horrible position of not being able to change someone's opinion about me. I would hate that. It would oh, drive me mad. I've been there once where like somebody's made up their mind. Yeah. It's really, and I, I think, you know, when you take those like online personality quizzes and it's like, are you most afraid of being alone <laughs> or heights or something? Mine is not being able to explain myself. <laughs> I took a political quiz where I wanted to figure out which, where I was on the spectrum. Oh, on, on like the quadrant. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the New York times one and the quiz ended and the New York times was like, we don't know. Like, they couldn't map me. I was like, what? I want to know. They're like, we can't tell you. Your answers don't make sense. And they literally couldn't map where I was in the quadrant. That's silly. That's not true. It's true. (laughs) Well, I'm going to make you take it again. The results were inconclusive. And we're going to post it up on the Instagram. Yeah, you'll see. I'm an inconclusive purple heart. No, that's not the right word. What's a purple heart? Well, you're blue and red at the same time. Oh, okay. But a purple heart is what you win for when you get wounded in combat. Yeah, I feel like you're you're stealing some valor here. (laughs) Yeah, not a purple heart. More like a purple foot. (laughs) A purple foot. Good, good. I like it. That's uh, after it got stepped on Mm -hmm. at the bar when you were like, "Yes, I'm a veteran. Give me a drink." (laughs) Yeah, I would get. I should. If I ever do that, beat me up. No, you'd never do that. Are you kidding? No, you're too much of a purple heart. Yeah. No. Um, Okay. Well. Uh, that's, that's bros. That's bros. Um, you know what goes before bros though? Not hoes. Our Patreon. Yeah, it's our Patreon. That's right. Okay. Patreon. The poll this month is a spooky poll. Spooky. Uh, so your choices this month are ghost, warm bodies, the ghost and Mrs. Muir and Twilight 2 random sequel name. I forgot. Is it new moon? That would be good. And it is. (laughs) And 
it looks like good, 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 good. Ghost is winning currently. So Took the lead excited. this week. I'm so excited. Me too. Um, I keep let's you let's know. keep the Swayze train a going. Yeah, people choo, join in. Choo. Choo. Um. Oh, oh, the train man. Oh no, <laughs> oh he's gosh. back. We've forgotten all about the train man. And new he, listeners are like, what? <laughs> he uh, he just handed me this. Oh look, it's your. It's my essay. It's your essay. This week, my essay is on relatability and character and Mm. what it means to connect to a character and connect to a movie and when it works, when it doesn't work, and what sympathizing with a character looks like versus empathizing with a character and... Beyond the physical, right? Beyond the physical. Emotionally. You're emotionally connecting to that character and the magic of what happens when that happens. Yeah. you know, their victories become your victories. Mm-hmm. And, you know, today's movie, there was a lot of physical connection. Yeah. But there was a lot of emotional connection, too, because uh, mm-hmm. especially when he did the the chocolate shop, I feel like. Yeah. There's a lot of pride had there. Yeah, totally. Um, so that's that's Patreon. Check out our essays. We have weekly essays. That's what my essay will be this week. Um, jump into the poll and help out Patrick Swayze. Please. He needs it. Get the lead more. We want him to have more of a lead. Um, we have a bonus episode up now about Thor, Love and Thunder. Yep. And uh, we have Gilmore Girls season five on deck. It's mm-hmm. going to be delicious to get through. Good sports metaphor. Um, yes, good sports metaphor. It's a good time for some GG, some Gilmore Girls. Oh, it's the perfect time for Gilmore Girls. The leaves are turning, the tropes are out, and the they're s- looking lovely this time of the year. The swords, what are they doing? They're golden. She. A blessing from the Lord. God be praised. The Golden Sword. I want to give a golden sword to all the people who worked out in this movie. Just wow. Good job, everyone. There's so many physically fit people here. I'm I, amazed. I couldn't tell you how many abs we saw, but there were a lot. Everyone looked great, and they made me feel really... I mean, I've got a dad bod. I'm, I'm not bad. I'm okay. You're a bad daddy? I wouldn't... No. <laughs> I wouldn't compete, but... I'd hold my own a little bit. You'd have to hold your own out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah? So yeah. you're giving it to all the people who worked out? Yeah. Just nice. Good, good, good job. Good yeah. job, all of you guys. Okay, good job. Yeah. Great great job getting to that gym. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think I'm going to give the golden sword to the tone of this movie. Mm. Because I do think that they struck the chord kind of perfectly between satire and... Yeah. Like honesty mm-hmm. in a way like satire at its, at, its, at its best is honest and this movie wasn't obviously a full satire it's not like they were saying this is what rom-coms are and we're gonna do that right but it it just had like such a such a smart way to it yeah so yeah i'm giving it to the tone of the, the tone film. never wavers in the wrong direction yeah it's always it's always on the right Right. right yeah, you know, if like tone is like a pendulum, but if mm-hmm. it goes too far, like in a video game where you're trying to click something like, nah, nah, right nah, when nah, it crosses nah, nah, the line, nah. and it goes back the other way. Yeah, exactly. And I don't care which way you go, I know <laughs> that you're gonna still wanna rom com musker.
It was more like a, uh, like, like. I was, it was a game show kind of yeah, deal. Yeah, or like yeah. a baseball was like leaving, like maybe it's, maybe it's in it. It's out of here. Oh man, this is such a solid movie all across the board. So it's hard to know who, who's worthy. They're all worthy. Man, they got to a lot of locations that were in a lot of, you know, a lot of movies that have come before, whether it's like Best a s- Central Park. <laughs> well, but it's like Central Park, the bridge that you see in every, like, is it the yeah. Brooklyn Bridge? Right. Where it's, yeah. it's like, ah, that's in Manhattan. Totally. I mean, not it's not in Manhattan. It's in the movie Manhattan. Yeah. But I liked this time how it just had a bunch of chargers for bikes there. That yeah. Was pretty good. I'm tempted to say Best Director. Very tempted. Can I say Best Comedy Director? Yeah, sure. Okay. Like, I mean, that's kind of Kids' Choice Award of you, but that's fine. <laughs> no, that's more like an Emmys thing. Yeah. Um, best Comedy Director. Best Comedy or Musical, so any movie. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so Best Comedy Director, because there's so much, like, uh, there's a lot of hijinks in this movie, and the drama scenes work really well, but the comedy scenes also work really well. And I think it's true. I think comedy is harder than drama, just kind of, like, on the whole. Yeah, I, I especially directorially. Yeah. Like you have to make something land in in its framing and in its acting really well. Yeah. Obviously that's true of drama too, but much m- harder with comedy. But they do they get the performances right and there's clearly scenes where they've figured out some improv and a good comedy director knows how to rein in improv and luckily this wasn't like a Judd Apatow fest where it was like it went on for like two and a half hours it's like you know, I don't think they invited him it couldn't to the have been, edit. No, I, it could have. It couldn't have been as smart if that's. I'm not tra- calling Judd Apatow dumb or anything. It's just that he he allows for dumb comedy to go on and on and on and on and on and on and on yeah. and on and on. And this was just perfectly curated comedy. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Best comedy director. Guess what? What? I'm doubling down. Oh. Answer. Daily double. I, I got that that flavor that I liked so much from Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which still probably is going to live much nearer and dearer in my heart than this movie, simply because Jason Segel is so lovable, and mm-hmm. I love a lovable protagonist, and this movie does not have that. But that being said, I, I laughed out loud a lot, mm-hmm. and I don't think there was one joke that was said where I was like, no, you could have done that better. Yeah, yeah, so... Yeah. Mission accomplished. Um, well, I'm glad that you loved the direction, but tell me, who else would you love? Are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends? The truth of it is, I loved you from the first second I met you. <laughs> but mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. You have bewitched me, body and soul. And I love, and love, and love you. I know. Jim Rash. No, No, Jeffrey, no. I mean, like, I'm tempted to say Deborah Messing. (laughs) Because she is, she's only in this movie for a short time, but I've had such a crush on her. Oh, yeah. Um... Gosh, I'm going to have to go with Aaron. Yeah. And here's the thing. it's It's got really nothing to do with the bod because muscle bound isn't where my mind is bound generally. Sure. But he's got such a good heart. And I've got a lot of pitches coming up. It'd be great to have someone by my side during those moments. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he's super supportive and super 
honest, and I I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with Aaron, too, because I'm sorry, Bobby, but you are a lot. Yeah, no, way too much. You are way too much. And Aaron's pretty chill and yeah. very supportive and just is rock solid. Do you ever have those moments where you think, I'm enough. I just need my person to be chill. Um, we already have enough energy in this room. I yeah. don't need you to be the... Um, no, I'm not not that thoughtful of a person. Oh. I, I'm not thinking about that. I should be. I should be more aware of such things. Oh, no. I was being selfish with that. Oh, oh. Uh, where you wanted to be the one. I, I just know that sometimes I'm a lot. Well, then calm, calm, calm down. down. Calm, calm down. down. Okay. Just calm down a little bit. I was really afraid that uh, Dot Marie Jones was going to like just destroy Bobby. She was hilarious in this movie. Yeah. She was great. The one thing that didn't work, there's this Ben Stiller cameo. Sorry, I didn't think that was very funny. Oh, really? I, I thought, thought it was kind of funny. I felt a little forced. Like I was like, uh, I don't think you guys quite earned these cameos. There's some cameos in there that Ben I mean, Stiller leads. They were I don't know. They were cameos. They felt like celebrity cameos. That's why. It's just like, uh, this feels a little No, like, no, I mean I mean they felt in world like celebrity cameos. Uh, because they yeah. were like literally playing themselves. Well, that's why Deborah Messing totally worked for me. Because yeah. that that was super. She was great. She was fantastic. That's why I liked like it was it was Keenan Seth, um, Keenan Seth Myers, Seth Myers, yeah, and Ben Stiller. It felt a little bit like the NBC Universal like contract players were like yeah, called in yeah. to do their favor. I didn't mind. I thought it was funny, but I get it. Yeah, yeah. It's the only real flaw this movie has. <laughs> was it holograms? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> what are we? Is next week? Are we doing? Um, I think we're persuasion. Doing per- persuasion the book. Let's double check. I was going to say what are we watching, but I think we're reading. Yes, persuasion the book is next week. Sorry, we forgot to remind you last couple weeks about it. So, freaking read Get persuasion. Uh, we're doing the book persuasion, and the week after we're doing persuasion the movie. Right. Um, we're so... doing compare contrast because if we're going to complain about a book-to-movie adaptation, we better have read the book. Ryan is so ready to complain about this movie. I can't wait. I'm trying to be neutral. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> and all of Rotten Tomatoes agrees with me, both audience score and critical score. Everyone hates it, so okay. I'm looking forward to it. But first, we'll do the book, which will be very productive conversation. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think so. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to like. We'll get up the cliff notes. Yeah, we're gonna have to get, get up the cliff notes because I've read this over the course of like a month and a half. Yeah, it 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 is paced a little bit like a British novel from 1816. So, well, go figure. Yeah. Uh, well, then that just leads me to the last thing I have to tell you. Ooh, me? You? I love you so much that I would let you berate my parents about what they should teach in second grade class they'd be confused since neither of them are teachers yeah let alone of second grade but you you still are allowed to do thank you i appreciate it and you know what ryan i love you even if you are screwing with history by saying abraham lincoln must have been gay and i'm just like all i want to do is a hall of bisexual animatronics (laughs) that would have been good And this is where we will say goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. See you next week on
I'm going to burp really quick. That way I'll know what's happening. Uh, good. <laughs> Clear audio. Thank you. <laughs>